welcome to your and our midlife opportunity. My name is Dr. Conor Hogan, and I am broadcasting live from Ireland, a little green land just on the left hand side of the west of Europe. But I'm only about 500 meters away, or 500 yards away, from the Atlantic Ocean. Next stop, New York, baby. So I'm very close to all viewers, the listeners. And in this particular show, we're going to be looking at a thing that's often understood, a thing that a lot of people don't think they have experience in. But I'll tell you, you do. In fact, I'd like you to imagine during this particular show, all of the men and women in your life, because there's more than likely somebody in your middle age, and it could be you as well, that might be very like the guest we're going to have today. He's a great guy and he has suffered in his life and he's going to tell us all about that. But in order for him to come to where he is right now, he's taken his midlife opportunity. So keep in mind everybody around you, keep in mind yourself, your own midlife, but keep in mind your youth as well, and maybe being in school and all of the things you have or have not done and the people around you, maybe those strange people, those odd people, those people that you just couldn't figure out, crazy you may have called them. I remember back in the 80s or 1990s, we would have said, you know, that guy's just it's nuts, it's crazy. Just a bit different. And that's what we're looking at here today, is a difference. In fact, not just psychological difference, but neurological difference. And you might feel different. You might find in your life that you don't have actual sameness. You're not the same as somebody else. And, and how are you? Because the experiences you've gone through to get to this point in your life are unique. But you have mid-life. You have life. Therefore, you have an opportunity. So you have an opportunity to get in touch with me, Dr. Connor Hogan at Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at DocConnor.com. You can reach out to my website, DocConnor.com, or MidlifeOpportunity.show. And you'll see all the shows there. And you'll see all the shows on NGBN.TV, also this fabulous network and community that it is of midlife men, helping others and men, midlife men just like you with your personal development in all aspects of things. You can check out all the great shows there and you're definitely going to find something that suits your purpose. Back to today, what are we talking about? What's our guest talking about? Well, we don't know exactly, but we know his name is Rob. And in a few minutes, Rob is going to tell us all about his experience in his life up until this point, the goods, the bads, the uglies. And I know one thing about Rob. I've had maybe a conversation or two with him before. But one thing I do know that's very definite, what we're going to talk about a lot today is autism, or also known as ASD, Autistic Spectrum Disorder. Now, let me tell you this much. I know a lot about this area of things. And the middle bit, spectrum, autistic spectrum disorder, is really huge to keep in mind. How bright is a spectrum of color? Well, the thing about it is, what I see, you don't see. My, uh, my perception of what a specific color is, think of when you're painting a room, maybe with your loved ones, and you're choosing maybe a female beside you and yourself, you're choosing maybe, is it blue or is it green? Or... Is it something in between? Is it turquoise? And so maybe they have a different perception of things. There is no such thing as color. That's the reality. 
But that's a spectrum. The rainbows, the seven colors of the rainbows are a spectrum. And what we have is people on the spectrum. And now in this world of ours, right now, we have people on the spectrum that haven't actually been diagnosed to be on the autistic spectrum. So they could be one side of color that's very dark, right up to another side of color that's very bright or anything in between. So you've got a huge wide spectrum. And autism is a thing that you don't necessarily see in people's faces. Because unlike other types of conditions that come from birth or that are deeply and more so than psychological, neurological, you don't see it in a person's face straight up. So you could have, say, for example, two twins and one could be non-autistic, one could be autistic. And therefore, you have a neurotypical person and an alternative type of thinker. And how do they think? How do autistic people think? Well, they think attuned to their neurology and that is quite often they don't communicate in the same ways as me and you as people everyday people they might use the words the phrases the language even can be difficult for them they might even be mute their interaction is also quite very tricky for them to interact and to socialize with people and they're also very rigid thinkers most of the time and that means imagination can be very tricky. So if you said to them, oh, let's go to the park. And they say, well, what the heck is a park? You know, I've, like if they've never been there. Or if you're from the Midlands and you're talking about the seaside or the ocean and they've never seen it. Well, how can they imagine it? So many neurotypical people, people with the same type of brain, which is most normal people, shall we say have this way of thinking, this kind of other way of thinking. They can think linear, but they also think outside the box a little bit. And then, of course, they say, you think about entrepreneurs or people that are great innovators and might think largely outside the box. But somebody with autism is very rigid and we have to use that language. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Rob grasped his midlife opportunity and how he didn't take the bad things that went on in his life and just went with them in a bad way. Instead, he reacted positively. So we'll find out very soon. But remember, get in touch with us with your questions, comments. You can check out the social media. I'm on Doc Connor, D O C space C O N O R, on most social media, or Dr. Connor Hogan, docconnor.com, midlife opportunity, And just give me a tweet, give me an email, give me a text, check out the social media. Bring me a story, bring me yourself, but do interact. Become part of our community here on ngbn.tv. After the break, you'll take your midlife opportunity for this show, and we will meet the great Rob. We'll be right back after this. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Uh-uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Welcome back to Midlife Opportunity, where you have an opportunity for your story, yourself, 
and to go away from the midlife crisis and instead grasp this midlife and go, hey, here we are. We are wiser, we are more experienced, we're more aware of our earlier years and we can go forward and help ourselves and help other people. We've got a great guest today. Rob Hobbs is going to tell us all about his lifestyle and his life up until now, up until his midlife and how he's grasped that opportunity. His website is myautismgifts.com. So www.myautismgifts.com. And Rob is a very interesting character. He has decided to take a plunge and use this midlife opportunity concept and try and beat off societal norms with regard to people with autism. Rob, how are you, my friend? Awesome, and yourself? I'm fantastic. Uh, I was just thinking, and I said it earlier on, that I love that shirt. Thank you. It's it's all about being casual. Keep going. Absolutely. Be casual, my friend. Uh, Were you uh, getting the rays of the sunshine recently with that shirt? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I was. Yeah, I could see how it's going to definitely turn a header two in your direction, but you're a positive guy. So we want to start positively today. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Fun time now, midlife minute. Okay, about a minute. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. You don't know what they're going to be. Nobody knows what these questions are until I ask them. In fact, I probably don't know what they are. Myself. So I'm going to ask you a quick question first. Number one, here we go. What is your middle name? Lewis. Ah. What is Superman's full name? Clark Kent. Who was Clark Kent attracted to? Lois Lane. What is the longest spelled state in the United States of America? Probably Mississippi. Can you spell Mississippi backwards? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, that'll do for now. I'm not going to try spelling Mississippi backwards, although it's something like M-I-S-S-I-P-P-P-I-I-I forwards, isn't it? Something like that. Two S's, two I's. right. Wow, I wonder how quick. Last question, how quickly can you spell that? Let me go. One. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. That's pretty good. Three and a half-ish seconds, not too bad at all. So, Rob, you come here today with this beautiful shirt. You come here today with a message. Tell us briefly, on myautismgifts.com on your website, there's a lot of stuff. So can you kind of summarize, can you put that into a couple of sentences and just tell us a little bit about your journey here? Absolutely. So on the website, it says, I was a shy, introverted nerd, started, picked on, bullied. Uh, I believe it says I was thrown into a rose bush on the side of my house on Long Island, New York, where I, where I grew up. And I had gobs and gobs of judgments, conclusions, shame, blame, anger, upset, you name it. And I had the emotions. But the issue was that I wasn't diagnosed on the autism spectrum until I was 
until I was in, in midlife. So feeling those emotions was something that I had to learn. And then I also had to learn how to not feel sorry for myself and how to see the positive in everything because everything in life happens for a reason. And it's our job and our responsibility, if we so choose, to determine why it happened. But a lot of people don't want to do that because they want to play the blame game. So you mentioned something really interesting there, that when you felt all of these emotions, and a lot of them were negative, unfortunately, but when you felt them, and obviously then when they were, say, described to you of what these emotions mean or labeled, and there was words put on them, then you had to learn cognitively. You had to learn in the same way, and to our viewers, in the same way that when we were very, very young, we learned how to count one, two, three, four, five, and so on. And we learned how one is a lower number and how 10 is a higher number and the importance of all of those numbers, and what they can do individually and on their own, but also in the same way we construct a sentence like, I am from New York. And so that we learn the construction of a sentence is the place we're going or coming from is at the end. And I, myself, if I speak personally about myself, is at the start. And so you had to learn this specifically. Is that correct? How would you describe that? Well, it required doing many years of personal development courses. I started at the age of 25. I decided I was sick of not having what I wanted. I started doing personal development courses you know, some of which are no longer around, but many people have heard of yeah. Tony Robbins, you know, Peak Potentials, which was founded by, by T. Harvecker, Landmark Education. Uh, I've done multiple men's courses. And the first time I did a men's, uh, a men's only course was in, was in 2001. And we drove there together as a group of guys who didn't know each other. We, we drove back as a group of guys who who knew each other a lot better. And they yeah. kept saying, tell me a feeling word, tell me a feeling word. And I'm like, uh, 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 I, I don't know how to answer that. So, so what you were, so let me see, I, you were 25 when, so you were 25 Rob, when you started taking these courses, right? But right. what age were you when you were diagnosed? I, I think you said that it was a little bit later on that you were diagnosed with autism. Was I was gap 45 when the, I was diagnosed. Okay. So there's 20 years there of a difference between you taking courses like Tony Robbins, as we all know, what an awesome guy, where he helps people in their personal development, all aspects of people in many ways. And like you said, many men, uh, courses about men and stuff. And here we are in a men's channel. So we are, we're talking about like a gap of 20 years and we can all look back, middle-aged men, back to like 20 years and we kind of go sometimes, ah, if I just did that. Or if I had the energy to do it now. So like what started the ball rolling for you back around when you're 25 to take a course in the first place? Because I, I had issues with people wanting to be with me and wanting, wanting to be my friend because I was a shy introverted nerd. Some people know P.B. Herman, you know, some people know of if you're in the U.S., you may have heard of Steve Urkel. Um, 
And so I was like a modern day Pee Wee Herman or Steve Urkel, you know, with what they call the pocket protector, except I didn't have the pocket protector, but I acted like, like a nerd. So people didn't want to be around with me, be, be around me. So I had to learn how to communicate properly. I didn't learn to, to stop. Well, I stopped stuttering in my late teens but I still had all this emotional baggage that I had to unload. And for the first, you know, nine months of taking these courses in, in, in 1985, they kept telling me to do the same bloody thing. And finally they got sick of telling me the same, the same, the same thing. And I started taking action. I started taking results because I was so resistant to, to change. And then That's, the rest I, I love the way you, I love, yeah, I love the way you just said that, right? That you perceived that a lot of the courses were telling you the same thing. And then it became very linear, which we mentioned about autism at the beginning, how often people with autism or on the spectrum think very, very linear, very specific. So you have to communicate very specifically. And so with you, you obviously sought out that information. You could hear or see the information, be it through a book or through listening or watching a video or whatever. And so insofar as you saw the same or perceived the same message that was coming through, and then you went, bingo, this is like your eureka moment where you felt, hey, this is it. I mean, I know now I need to take action. And so, so what happened then? So then I started, I took leadership classes and I started helping organize the courses and I started gaining, gaining social skills. And then when I, when I was, when I stopped doing things so that people liked me and I was just my genuine self, then people wanted, wanted to be around me more. I actually had someone tell me that you're a lot easier to be with now that you're not doing things just so I like you. So, and when I so started you, being you, more genuine. Feel, yeah. Did you feel that you were looking back on that now, that period? Do you feel when those people were telling you that, that you were wasting a lot of energy or it was like too difficult, were chasing people? How did you feel looking back on that now with the knowledge you have now? Well, well, correct, because when one of the things that people have issues with on the spectrum, I also have Asperger's and high-functioning autism. And so reading people's social cues is something that people on the spectrum are not, are not good at. And, and developing relationships is something that they're not good at either. So it was sort of like, you know, rebuilding my entire personality so that I could relate to people in a way that that they wanted to relate to me. And then once I was able to have genuine, honest conversations with them, that's when the results started happening and the magic started happening. So what were the results? What was the magic then? Oh, in that, in that I started... A, I was a volunteer for a place called called the Summit Organization here in Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles in 1982. And one moment I need to cough. 
1982 then is Sorry, probably that. years before 1985. Yeah, no problem. So 1982 is a couple of moment or a couple of years before 1985. So even before 25-ish years of age. Go ahead. Yeah. Actually, when Sorry, that it was it was 1984 that I started taking those courses at the Summit Organization, and then and then as they grew to like me and they saw my leadership skills, I would be organizing teams of volunteers. I would be wow. I would be playing the music. I would be running the video. I would be the person in charge of running the course for the for the trainers. And that was a huge thing. And then I was inviting people, people to come to see an introduction. And I, I still talk to people to this day. I'm on a men's wow. team now with a guy. And I hadn't seen the guy for 20 years. And I go to this men's team. And I was like, Daniel Kane, I haven't seen you in 20 years. So how what what has what have you done with all these new skills? Like you're talking about leadership there. First off, you started talking mm -hmm. about how you literally became aware of your emotions, and then now we're moving towards leadership, not just of yourself but of others and groups, and not only learning from all of these courses and workshops you did, but you're actually helping the people that are that have begun and created these and are putting them out there and produce them. So this is huge mm -hmm. development. And so right, how right. is it, like, how are you helping other people now then, yourself? Are you doing this professionally? How does this work? Well, yes, I do have a have a coaching and mentoring practice here in, here in Los Angeles. You can go to my website, which you mentioned earlier, www.myautismgifts.com. You know, send me, send me an email and we'll have an, have an introductory, no-cost, 30-minute consultation. And in terms of, of leadership, I joined Toastmasters. That's where I le really learned to speak. And I became the club president and then the vice president wow. of, of, of education. And these two clubs, I was, I, I was in both of them at the same time. And I led both of them from Toastmasters has, has various awards. I, I led both of these clubs to the highest designation that Toastmasters offers, which is President Distinguished, when neither club had got had gotten had gotten zero awards the year before. So using all that information, I taught people how to speak, how to be a better, a better presenter, how to enunciate ideas, how to do the sandwich approach. You know, where when you when you're evaluating someone, you, you give them a, a piece of good news, a piece of improvement, and then a piece of great news. You're doing great. You've made so much progress since your last speech, et cetera, et cetera. And now, How do you and now feel, using. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Uh, and, now that I, and now that I've been doing this for 38 years, I literally was in a room. Uh, there's an audio only app, which is, which is worldwide called Clubhouse. And literally, there was a PhD there. And I told the PhD that she wasn't promoting herself properly. She was putting others first and not her first. 
And that was like a revelation to her. This is a PhD. Yeah. This is crazy. This so that like that shows days. the this shows the the angle that you can take now and see others that are coming from a a perspective they're blindsided essentially. And these are people yeah. perhaps who are not even on the spectrum, but who are in this normal way of life. And so even like you said, 38 years later, that back then, and I was just going to ask you when I interjected there, and sorry about that, but essentially I was going to ask you, how does how does it feel now looking back all these decades later, when you were put down by others, when you were brushed aside, when people were annoyed perhaps by your presence or the way you, you tried to communicate? How does that make you feel right now? This the the following song the song comes to mind. I'm so excited! I just can't hide it. <laughs> so are you? And, as well as being a top. Is, okay. Well, as well as being a top thought, speaker. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, finish your story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Top speakers yeah. have to. Uh, so I ahead. add humor <laughs> to things. Like for example, if someone says it's nice, it's nice meeting you. I say. I stopped meeting people when I became a vegetarian. I get it. So, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I make people think when they're around me. So this way, I'm, I'm, when people are around me, they're always looking for humor and they've come to expect that. And so the humor was simply a response to being picked on. I figured out a way to to not be part of the Me Too movement and say you blankety blank, but to but to make fun of them in a humorous, loving way. How presumably and last couple of questions now, Rob. How obviously what you're doing right now is very helpful to a lot of people and presumably a lot of younger men or women as well that are on the spectrum but you just mentioned their loving way how important then is and you mentioned at the very beginning about negative emotions that you experience how important is it to use the positive emotions like love in the work that you do it's absolutely essential because if people, one moment here. If people, you know, the glass can either be half full or, or, or half empty. When it's half empty, you know, when you have, there's a, there's a saying in the computer world, garbage in, garbage out. So when you have garbage thoughts, you create garbage reality. When you create you know this as a PhD, when you have happy thoughts, it's called the law of attraction. You attract more uh, to you. And, and I literally think that I attracted you because we're on the same wavelength and that you like to help people and so do I. And it really is that simple. It really is that simple. When you grind it down, that if you help people, you're 
that vindicates that you're doing a good job like you just did with the lady that's the PhD that couldn't see that had her blinkers on for whatever reason you had a conversation thankfully she was intelligent enough to to keep open-minded and to see that you could see it and so you you obviously helped her in that aha moment but being in that simplistic way of our thinking that we often get so confused about that's how we can take a simple thing called midlife and we have two choices mm -hmm. do it positively or negatively look at the opportunity or the crisis you've yeah. certainly done that you've you've taken the positive role rob i'm so delighted to have had you today rob holds she's on myautismgifts.com final words to you my friend rob go ahead well uh, there's I'm also known known as the as the acronym king. I say eggbuck. Everything's gonna be okay. Two more. I Go fail. Ahead. Fail stands for for all I learned. There are no failures, only growth opportunities. And fear does does not stand for F everything and run it stands for feeling excited and ready which is what which is what your mindset is after you work with me after you work with a minister or a pastor or a therapist etc so it's my pleasure and honor to assist people in in any and every way that i can and if i can't assist people i can refer you to people who can i have a huge rolodex that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Rob. You're a great guy. MyAutismGifts.com brings you the main gifts, and that's Rob. So thank you so much, Rob. This is Dr. Connor Hogan. We've just had a great guest, Rob Hooks, and we are now going to take a break, take your opportunity to come back for another midlife opportunity for you. We'll be right back after this. This is what too much sounds like. This is what stress feels like. And this is what help feels like. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or have trouble making it through the day, we can help. Text STRESS to 211211 to find a solution. Welcome back to midlife opportunity. How can you get in touch? My name is Dr. Connor Hogan. You can get in touch with me at docconnor.com or email me, Connor, C-O-N-O-R at D-O-C-C-O-N-O-R.com or midlifeopportunity.show. Our guest today, Rob, is on myautismgifts.com. What a great guy. What a privilege for me to speak with this guy to get in a window into his life, and not just his life and his past and his challenges, but also how he's doing such a great thing today. I was grasping what he has right now. And not only is he helping himself, not only has he carved this awareness for himself today, but he's helping others 
he's leading. One of the things that Rob said there, it just struck me, and he has a lot of acronyms, as he said himself, but it was so cool. It was fail. So if you want to fail, you can switch it off. But if you want to keep going and you want to learn, what does fail stand for in Rob's work? It stands for for all I learn. And it's so simple. What a fantastic way of remembering that every time you're doing something, even if it's a failure, even if you're right now and you're down the dumps, you're a certain age, 40s, 50s, 60s, all you have to do is tune in to ngbn.tv, tune in and check out midlifeopportunity.show, send me a message on .connor.com, send us all messages, the great presenters, we saw many here in personal development on this men's network. Get in touch, you never know how this can help you. You never know how this can help others. Rob today has helped himself. He had autistic spectrum disorder, where essentially he was not a good communicator in the normal realm of things. He was not a good socializer. And he was actually, people didn't want him around. The way he was doing things, the way he was trying to form, like he said, relationships, he couldn't even do that successfully. And he couldn't think rigidly is the way he was thinking. So he couldn't think holistically with regard to imagination. Now, I mentioned at the very beginning of this show, and this is the takeaway moment about this. It's not all of those three things, the communication difficulties, the socialization and the interaction and the actual thinking without imagination that are specifically for every person on the autistic spectrum disorder. As you've seen with Rob's particular conversation there, there can be some element that the person with ASD or on the autistic spectrum disorder has that's more profound than others. So in Rob's case, it perhaps was the way he was approaching people. And then that was reflecting back to him with negative emotions because he was getting rejected all of the time. Now, one of the things that Rob said to me as well, which is interesting, is that he had a terrible stutter, right? And that stutter just essentially went when he started addressing how to speak to others. And he did that through Toastmasters. You can check out your local Toastmasters, I'm sure anywhere, essentially by just getting online and checking it out. And there you can interact with people as well as speak in front of them too. That is a wonderful way of helping yourself and then helping others, just like Rob has done. Myautismgifts.com was today's guest. But for now, what we learn is everybody's different and we must respect them. We do not know where they are in their journey, what's going on in their life, what challenges they've had, but we do know one thing from our guest today, wow, great guy, that he decided to take everything in his life, negative and all as it was, and he turned it inside out to be an opportunity for him. He grasped that midlife opportunity, and now professionally he's helping others in the same way. So you can do that too. Just check out midlifeopportunity.show or getintouch.connor.com or all of the social media that I'm on, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, it's there. We'll have this conversation. Until next time, though, make sure that you see your midlife as an opportunity and not a crisis. Because before you know it, it's all over. Until next time, though, as we say here in Ireland, slong, bye-bye.